Hi there, and welcome to the Murray Resources Podcast, where we dive into common job search and career-related topics and questions. My name is Scott White, and I'm the Marketing Specialist at Murray Resources, a recruiting and staffing firm that has worked with thousands of employers and placed tens of thousands of candidates over our 30-year history. We're here to use our firm's experience to give job seekers a peek behind the curtain into the recruiting industry, and more specifically, to offer tips and techniques that can help them land the perfect job. So, if you're looking for tips to take your career to the next level, then you're listening to the right podcast. Have you ever wanted to know how long your resume should be, or whether you should include a cover letter when submitting a job application, or what other resources are out there that can help you find a job? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with on this week's show, where you'll learn more about the tools that you need to be successful in your job search. Hi there, and welcome back to the Mary Resources Podcast. I'm here today with a special guest, Robert Goso. He's an associate search director in our Northwest office of Murray Resources. It's eight years of experience in recruiting and staffing, four of which has been at Murray Resources. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have you. It's good to have you. Uh, today, we're just going to be really talking about, you know, kind of from a candidate's perspective, how to apply for jobs through a recruiter, you know, what the recruiting agencies do for candidates, as well as just kind of how long, you know, your resume should be and some of the things you should include on it. And should you have a cover letter, which I feel like is a pretty popular question out there. Yeah, I mean, um, it's you know, a lot of questions that we get every day. I mean, we're working with different candidates all over the entire U.S. And, and these are going to be common questions that, you know, we get asked every single day. So hopefully it will help some candidates out in their search process. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, start things off. If a candidate's applying to different positions and they're not hearing back, what are what are some of the things that they could do to, you know, be proactive and kind of keep that keep that job hunt going? So for internal roles at Murray Resources, what candidates have to realize for some of our positions, we can get hundreds, thousands even of candidates that apply to each position. Yeah. So you know, it can take one to two weeks for an internal recruiter to get back to you and, you know, even have a chance to review your resume. So I always suggest to candidates uh, calling in, sending an email, even if it's a, a position that you applied to that day, just call in, ask for a recruiter. If it has that recruiter's name on the job, say I saw this position posted, wanted to reach out to Robert Fergoso, just let him know that I applied or send an email. That way, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of getting ahead of the curve. You're not just sitting there and waiting for a recruiter to get to your resume. So, you know, it can take a while after that. Recruiters will reach out to you. Um, they'll let you know if you are or are not a fit for the position. And if not, we get new positions daily. So, you know, we can continue to keep in touch. I do tell all of my candidates to check the website on occasion. If you ever see a new position, call me, email me, reach out. We can discuss it and go from there. Okay. And, you know, as far as reaching out for candidates, what would you recommend? Would you recommend, you know, obviously, you know, them not littering your, your voicemail box with calls, but you know, right. what, you know, what, you know, what are kind of best practices as far as, you know, solid communication techniques? I prefer email just cause I get back to it quicker. I do. Uh, I kind of get made fun of here a little bit cause I always keep my, my email so clean. <laughs> <laughs> I never have, you know, one, 200 non-read emails. So, you know, and with voicemails too, it can be lunchtime and I can have 8, 10, 12 new voicemails, you know, so that can take a while. Some recruiters don't check their voicemail as soon as they get a message. They might check them at lunch. They might check them at the end of the day. I'm checking my emails nonstop. So that's preferred method for me. Okay. And yeah, so I guess, you know, another, another question that a lot of people have and that I had the times I've applied for jobs is how long should your resume be? Obviously, you know, for different people at different levels, there's going to be more experience that they can put on their resume, therefore making it longer. <clears throat> and for others, you know, they might have a, you know, a, a fairly shorter resume, but what are kind of some, you know, some good rules of thumb uh, as far as the length of your resume? 
So I probably get this question asked every day. Every day someone <laughs> asks me this question. For a new college grad, you know, I would recommend, you know, keep it somewhere around a page. You know, outside of that, some candidates do have several versions of their resumes, which is fine. You can use select versions to apply to certain roles. Personally, I prefer candidates send me the longest version of their resume. From there, I can edit it. I can take out what's not necessary and kind of tighten it up from there. I really don't like to put an actual page number on a resume just because every candidate's, their experience is different. Their job history is different. Uh, in my opinion, the more detail, the better. We also offer a resume spice service here at Murray Resources where a professional resume writer can assist candidates with their resume. So that's another potential option. But yeah, that the old the old days of only one page, only one page, I think are long gone. I always like the longest version. Let me edit it from there and we can kind of work together to create the best version of your resume for that specific job. Okay. So yeah, so you know, just the more detail the better. Cause at that point, you know, you're not having to ask candidates to provide more information. You're, you know, if anything, taking information out and just kind of, you know, getting down to the to the best parts. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So another, I guess another thing that, you know, when people are applying for jobs, another thing that's often asked with a candidate's resume is maybe a cover letter. Should a candidate include a cover letter when submitting their resume? And if so, you know, how long should those be? And what kind of information, you know, could you, could you kind of explain what kind of information and things go inside the cover letter? So if a candidate's applying to a company, if they have the option to, to add a cover letter, I, I think they should do it. It can set yourself apart from the competition, you know, if that hiring manager or if that internal recruiter does have a chance to read it. So yeah, yeah, it can be beneficial there. As far as how long, maybe a couple paragraphs at the most. As far as a cover letter to a staffing firm like a Murray Resources, I, I don't believe most recruiters read cover letters. You know, in, in most cases, uh, you know, your resume does not go straight to a hiring manager. So I would suggest designing an eye-catching resume uh, or maybe adding a portfolio. But when submitting to an actual staffing firm like Murray Resources, I don't think cover, cover letters are necessary. Uh, the recruiters are wanting to look at your resume, see if you're a qualified candidate. But again, if a company does provide the option, I do think it's something you should do. Okay. So obviously, you know, I think the, the messages that are often communicated in cover letters can, you know, with the technology and different job job application programs that are out there can be communicated through a variety of things. Uh, so would you say that cover letters are you know, a very common thing that are asked for, um, you know, or obviously, you know, what are, what are some more specific things that you could supplement, you know, maybe that cover letter with? A portfolio. Um, you okay. know, you'll see that a lot in, in specific skill sets, uh, you know, such as a designer. Yeah. Uh, you know, designer candidates will typically have a, a portfolio or even like a link on their actual resume you can click on. It might take to some of their actual designs, okay. you know, so obviously for a candidate like that, you know, going with a portfolio would be a better option than a cover letter or even like, a, you know, a developer in IT, you know, they have a, you know, different, uh, you know, a GitHub site where mm -hmm. they can actually show their technical work. Yeah. Um, that's going to be much more beneficial than a cover letter for, you know, for an IT candidate like that. So there's other options out there, portfolio, GitHub, things like that. So yeah, I mean, personally, I'm not viewing cover letters much because again, I'm going to go to the resume. I'm going to see if the candidate's a fit right away. So, but, but again, if the, if the company offers it in no way, is it going to hurt you? I guess, you know, okay. So now that we have the basics on, you know, cover letter and resume, what would you say is 
I guess, a recruiter's typical recruiting process, you know, kind of, you know, could you walk us through that? You know, what does that look like on the candidate end? What does that look like on your end? Kind of give us a peek you know, behind the curtain. into, into Absolutely. And, and this is a question we get asked a lot by actual, you know, companies, hiring managers that we're working with. It's, you know, what's your process? What are you going to do? And obviously every recruiter is different. Every company is different. So I can't speak for every recruiter, but this is what I do. So when I get a new position, the first thing I do is I enter the job into our internal system. That way, candidates can begin applying to the role immediately. Mm -hmm. From there, I reach out to the candidates that I have an established relationship with. You know, So that's the benefit of coming in, meeting with a recruiter, doing a Skype, and building that relationship. So I'm going to reach out to those people right away. If those candidates aren't interested, they may know someone who is. So you're going down the referral path that way as well. That's typically called the recruiter's network. You know, that's the network of established candidates who you've met with, you've talked with in the past. Throughout the process, I'm checking the applicants who are applying for the positions internally as well. And then once all those avenues are exhausted, I'll utilize the outside resources such as LinkedIn, Monster.com, CareerBuilder, um, and all of those other things. We also attend career fairs in the area. So, you know, those help out as well. Okay. And so I guess that, you know, that opens up the, the, you know, the topic of what is the job market right now? You know, you mentioned career fairs, so obviously there's those, what, what, you know, what does the job market look like? People say that the economy is down and it's up and it's down and, you Mm -hmm. know, know, I guess, you know, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a client's market right now, but you know, for, you know, from a candidate perspective, you know, what, what is the job market? Yeah. So when I started at Murray four years ago, we did the, the career fair in Katy and I can honestly tell you, you know, we were there for eight hours and there was a line out the door for eight hours straight. I mean, wow. that, that kind of just you know shows you how, how many people were looking for jobs at that time. Right now, this year has been probably my busiest year in recruiting in the eight years that I've been in the industry. Wow. Um, I mean, we're seeing companies hire for positions all across the board. Uh, it's definitely a candidate's market. You know, candidates are having you know, two, three, four offers at the same time that they can pick and choose from. And Murray covers all industries and we're working throughout the U.S. You know, so working with small, medium, large size companies, not only in Houston, but throughout the you know, entire U.S. So it, the job market's great right now. You know, every candidate looks for a new position for different reasons, but it's definitely a candidate's market and a good time to be looking for a new job. So you just mentioned job fairs as kind of a way for candidates mm-hmm. uh, to look, you know, for obviously, you know, new forms of employment. But what are some of the other resources that are out there that can actually help candidates find a job? So I, I mentioned some, uh, you know, a little while ago, but uh, Monster.com, uh, CareerBuilder.com, LinkedIn, Indeed. Those are all great sites uh, to get your resume on. Something most candidates don't know is the more you fill out your resume or your profile actually on LinkedIn, the more often your profile will show up for companies and recruiters that are searching. So that that's a good little side note, I guess, for people that are big on LinkedIn and, and you know looking for jobs on LinkedIn. If you fill out your entire LinkedIn profile, add some detail in there. If I go do a search and search for an IT director. The candidates who have the majority of their LinkedIn profile filled out are going to show up first. So you're going to be seen more. It's going to provide more opportunities for you. And I also will suggest other staffing agencies that specialize in a candidate's skill set. So if I have somebody come in and and meet with me and their strength is engineering, I'll say, well, here's a couple other firms that might be able to assist you as well. Our job is to to help people find jobs. It doesn't have to be Murray Resources. So if I can help somebody get a job, whether it's through Murray Resources or somewhere else, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned you know you mentioned building profiles on Monster and Career Builder and LinkedIn, which is kind of the, the standard nowadays. I mean, I think most people, I mean, at least I did at one point, they kind of view sites like LinkedIn as more of a networking tool, essentially a Facebook for business people. Um, right. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think now you know I think as as a job seeker, I think it, you know it's it's probably more critical than ever to not just treat it you know as a networking tool, but also treat it as you know a digital version of your resume that's accessible to lots yep. of you know, you know all of your connections, even people that aren't your connections. Yeah. So I mean, what what are some of the more valuable sections of your LinkedIn? Obviously, you know it's best to include you know answers and you know content for you know for all of the sections but what are some of the key you know some of the key sections that you know candidates could i think a big a big portion is filling out some of your your job responsibilities under each position because you know if i go to a candidate just has their title you know worked here for three years worked here for three years i'm not really getting a good idea of what they're actually doing yeah so i I do like some of that to be filled out and it doesn't have to be a ton you know Mm -hmm. three or four bullet points under each job that will give me a really good idea of what you're doing um, and like you mentioned too, I get referrals from LinkedIn all the time. You know, I reach out yeah. to a candidate. Is this something you're interested in? And it's, it's, it's no, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm happy, but you know, I know my friend Scott is working <laughs> or looking right now and he does yeah. the same thing. So yeah, it's LinkedIn is big. Obviously, like you mentioned, it's, yeah. it's grown tremendously. And, yeah. and I mean, I'd be willing to bet, you know, nine out of 10 staffing firms are utilizing LinkedIn and you know, that's not even counting the, the companies that have the internal recruiters that are using it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's definitely yeah it's definitely grown grown quite a lot over the past couple of years. Another another question that job seekers tend to tend to have is okay, so they have their resume down pat, they have a cover letter that's you know really well written, they done as much networking as they you know as they can on LinkedIn. Once they apply for jobs, you know, and they're not selected with a recruiting agency, they don't hear back from them. You know, could you could you maybe speak to this just a little bit about? You know, those candidates that are out there that, you know, have really good profile, really good background and experience, but, you know, may just not get a call back. Yeah. I mean, I definitely understand the frustration on the candidates, you know, and in regards to that. And I mean, we do try our best to get back to every candidate for every position that we're working. Uh, but I mentioned earlier, you know, realistically, we have 100, 200, sometimes into the up towards a thousand candidates that are applying for a position. So, you know, sometimes it's just not realistic to get back to every candidate. Yeah. You know, we have multiple positions that we're juggling at the same time. We're dealing with candidates. We're dealing with hiring managers. You know, in all honesty, sometimes I just forget to reach back out at times. You know, it just, it just, it happens. And that's just the truth. But that also goes back to it being a two-way street. You know, that's why I tell all my candidates to check in with me on occasion. You know, reach out to me, shoot me a call, shoot me an email. Don't just apply to the role. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, it's because you got to think there's, hundreds of other candidates doing the same thing. I do my best to keep in touch with all my candidates throughout the entire process, even when they're not selected for a position. Because I want to keep that, I want to keep that relationship. I want to build that rapport so that when I get the next opportunity, I can reach back out to that candidate, even if they weren't selected. Because even if they have found a job at that time, they can refer somebody. And if I'm following up and my communication is good, more candidates are likely to refer other good candidates. Yeah. And I I mean, I think... Based on my experience, I think that it's not even oftentimes that, you know, you know, you may not get a response from a recruiter and that that doesn't even necessarily reflect poorly on your experience or your background. Mm -hmm. It could just simply be that you weren't a good fit, you know, and when you have 800, you know, candidates, 
unfortunately, you know, like, or, or, you know, you're not able to actually reach out to each individual one that wasn't a good fit. But I think for, for job seekers, it's really important to just remember that it's not always because you're a bad candidate. You just weren't maybe the best yeah. fit for that position. Cause Absolutely. you know, cause it can be incredibly discouraging to not hear back from a, you know, from a recruiter, especially when it's not just one recruiter, it might be five, it might be 10, it might be 15. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, one way that you can be proactive and kind of keep up with the with the the pace of the job hunt is, you know, maybe checking back in with recruiters, like you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. How often should a job seeker check in with the recruiters after they submit a resume to them? It's another good question, and um, you know, I do tell all my candidates. Just a little side note: I do tell all my candidates if you don't hear from me for a while, uh, I'm not ignoring you. I just might not have a position for you at the time. And that goes leads right into this question. I tell all my candidates to shoot me a call, shoot me an email at least once a week. But if I do have a position, I will reach out. But I do like to have that open line of communication. Yeah. I also suggest checking our website on occasion because we do post new positions daily. Um, and that's why I say, you know, I'm not ignoring you. My, you know, my partner, Dan, may be entering a new job right now. That's a fit for one of my candidates. Yeah. And they call me and say, hey, why don't you... You know, why didn't you bring this job to my attention? I said, I, I didn't know about the job yet. So, yeah. But that's why I like from the, you know, check the website. If you see a position, shoot me a call, shoot me an email. Outside of that, I think once a week is plenty. Uh, again, I get back to email faster. But, you know, if you want to shoot me a call, it's perfectly fine as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, Robert. It's been great getting some answers to some of these pretty pretty common questions that are uh, there for job seekers. I appreciate your time. and. Thanks for joining the Murray Resources thank, Podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to listening to the next week's show. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> You've reached the end of another episode of the Murray Resources Podcast. To learn more about us, visit our website or check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, don't forget to email us with your questions that you want to be answered during the show at podcast at murrayresources.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you next time.